it's mostly because we've been getting better at like just going into the episode, yeah. so we don't have bullshit to put before the like being um, Yeah, and also like things that we do go on like tangents about, we go on tangents about, so we either cut them out or yeah. yeah. rather than them being like twenty second like bits. Yeah. 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 Funny for twenty seconds. Ha <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Barricade, oh, the lamest no. podcast. <laughs> I'm Nima Martin. You're, I use they them pronouns, and I am your moderator. And over the last couple of days, I've written about 30k of fan fiction, uh, <laughs> which I haven't done in a really long time. So it was like good to work on something that was not like too stressful. But then mm-hmm. I always get to the end of fix, and I was like, I have no idea how to end them. Um, so it's always just like. Uh, kind of ending and it's like this is so sad like if I was reading this fic I would be so disappointed <laughs> just the classic he guesses valentines isn't that <laughs> <Yeah. all." laughs> that's basically what happens in blue <laughs> that's how half a fic's end it's fine yeah I can think of only you could do you should just be like if you're gonna do that you've gotta go the whole fucking hog and then be like he woke up oh my god <laughs> it was just a dream <laughs> I think the most annoying coward. (laughs) The most annoying part of it is what I was like. They're both lamest fics, but they're both from things that like nobody cares about. One of them is the Orinaki. Yeah, okay. One person cares about. (laughs) The other one is like an AU kind of based on the stuff that we've been talking about in this podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, it's supposed to be like a Christmas gift kind of thing. And like I started writing it, and I was like. Mm, yes, moral quandary. That's great for a Christmas fluffy fan fiction. Do you know who cares? Who? Kath. <laughs> That's true. That's it. <laughs> Our one listener. And I'm Grace. And I use they them pronouns too. I'm your primary researcher. I got on a bus this morning. <laughs> Twice. Wow. I haven't written any fic. Okay. I am judging you a little bit for spending your Christmas writing 30k of fic rather than the musical that you're producing. Hey, wait a second. We have the entire script done. Yeah! (laughs) Nice. Good. We sat down with the composers and we actually, like, we had most of the lyrics written and we were just like, let's just, like, go through the script and see what we can do and then, like... Um, Zana just started singing and Sarita just started playing the piano and Jay just started drumming and I was like, oh, you are professional people who make music. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so. Fucking did it. We did it! We made yeah. a musical in a month! <laughs> and that wasn't your, like... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, because I was going to save it until, like, once it's actually done. But, okay. yeah. Is this Stevie? She, her pronouns? Your secondary researcher? I was just going to say I got my hair cut again. But it looks real nice. After all the other ones. It is very cool. I just have to look queerer every time you see me. <laughs> Goodbye, mullet. It's the goal. Excellent. Talking of mullets. <laughs> Talking of mullets. Oh, look what's back. The book that we're reading. It's here now. It's fucking... The talk- I didn't think that like translation life would change things too wildly Mm. there was a passage at the end of the last translation that I just didn't understand Mm. I just didn't understand Mm. what the relevance of it was like I didn't really understand what was going on the last paragraph the last paragraph it's a lot more explicit in this translation of the Mm. book I'm making Mm -hmm. book foley sounds (laughs) so that you understand that it's here now (laughs) In the in the last one, it was vaguely spoke about like some trees, and I just didn't really understand what was happening in it. This one is talking about um, thus he strove in torment as another man had striven eighteen hundred years before him. <laughs> oh, the wow. mysterious being in whom embodied all the saintliness and suffering of mankind. <laughs> he too, while the olive leaves quivered around him, had again and again refused. 
the terrible cup of darkness urged upon him beneath a sky filled with stars. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you know when we're like, I guess Jean Valjean is Jesus. Like, Victor Hugo was just like... No, he's by the Jesus. way, he's Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> like, it was just like I just had absolutely no idea what it was in mm. the last translation, so I was just like, just not going to draw important. any attention to that. <laughs> like, not going to draw any attention to it because I don't understand what it means. <laughs> like, and here it's just like he suffered, like Jesus did. <laughs> you know, like eighteen hundred years ago, there was a man when there was Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> That's Jean Valjean. <laughs> That's Jean Valjean. And it's just like, thanks, Victor Hugo. Everyone else makes, like, gentle illusions. Mm. And it's like, no. I'm kind of... I want you to read this <laughs> in my text. <laughs> I wish that instead of being a tree pruner, he had been a carpenter. Yeah. yeah. That would have just yeah. really... Mm. Well, he Ooh. does have a relationship with bread. And Jesus That's is... True. The bread is Jesus' body. So <laughs> we'll get wow. back to that, I'm he sure. don't eat any fish, though. But that's more of a Catholic thing that happened later. Okay, okay. Hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. Don't um, worry. <laughs> <laughs> Steve got a <her> bag. <laughs> I looked into a camera then, like it was there. It wasn't. Not um, even where the microphone is, yeah. just into a random camera. Just into a camera. Which yeah. would be the worst framing as well, because both of us have our backs to the camera. <laughs> Do you know whose we... face is important? <laughs> mine. I guess some of the other stuff that happened in the, the chapters that we're actually doing this week mm-hmm. chapter four of wherever the fuck we're at mm-hmm. the Jean Mathieu affair yeah he's suffering in sleep that's the name of the chapter mm-hmm. but it's also <laughs> the story of my life your life probably your life <laughs> <laughs> I looked to each person in this room <laughs> he's actually asleep though which is bastard <laughs> yeah. F- fuck him Ooh. um and we get um, the usual um, Victor Hugo introduction to anything that he um, writes, which is like, um, if I didn't include this information in here, the story would be incomplete. Like, he needs to justify <laughs> it every single time. So he, um, what actually happens is that Jean Valjean has a weird dream, and then he gets up in the night and writes down the dream he has, and Victor Hugo um, says that the writing that Jean Valjean did is reproduced here. Thanks, Victor Hugo. <laughs> um, this is a great work of, work of literature that we get to share with our audience. Um, um, it's entitled What I Dreamed That Night. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I would like to put it to, to you two because, again... I, I don't really understand what it means. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it means something to do with death. In mm-hmm. fact, I know that because it says that. <laughs> but Spoiler alert. <laughs> but just a, a lot of things happen in this dream. Um, Victor, Victor Hugo. Ooh, ooh, that's, not, that's not the name of the character. In this <laughs> Jean Valjean um, is walking in an empty landscape with his brother. Jean. Jean. Uh, I just that could I don't be wrong, know but it feels. had a brother-in-law. This is the thing. Apparently, he has a brother mm. of whom he never thinks, and yeah. had pretty much forgotten that he exists. Mm. It's it is his brother from his childhood. Apparently, he has a brother mm. who's never been mentioned before. Yeah, but it cool. suits Victor Hugo for him <laughs> to have had a brother. Yeah, yeah. So he has a brother who also couldn't provide for his sister. I guess. I guess. Yes. And everyone was called Jean, so that's why I took that stab. In exactly. The dark. <laughs> he probably was called Jean, let's be realistic here. Um, they're walking through this empty landscape and um, they're talking about a woman. There's people, there are no trees. It's just a whole. These things are happening. There's a very strange thing that happens. A, a man passes them by who is naked. <laughs> <laughs> One of those dreams. I see, Jean. <laughs> it gets weirder. Um, he is the colour of ashes, and he's riding on a horse who is the colour of earth. Um, the man is hairless, you, like, uh, hairless enough that you can see his... You, it's, it's explicitly described, you can see his bare skull and the veins of his skull. And he carries in his hand a wand. Um, <laughs> Does he? Hey... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's as supple as a vine twig, but heavy 
There's Iron. (laughs) (laughs) Who passes by and says nothing. That man is there. On a horse. Naked. Well, I would like to say (laughs) that this is his gayness. I think that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. There can be no other reading. No death, no anything like that. It's just his... No. uh, Gay desire for Javert. Yes. <laughs> the wand is Javert's truncheon. Or his knotted cudgel. Or his knotted cudgel, that's the thing. But why is his brother there? <laughs> because Freud... It's a Freud thing. Ah, yeah. it's a Freud. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we're really good at close reading, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, like, I'm assuming I'm assuming it's just the, the death, the four horsemen. This is what I was right? thinking. So, yeah, yeah, so is his brother dead? Is this the premonition? I, I guess. Uh-huh. But like, his brother has never been mentioned. Who put a candle in this room so both of your <laughs> fucking easily distracted asses? <laughs> I'm listening. I'm not distracted. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. But I'm distracted seeing you <laughs> like just like dipping your fingers into the wax. <laughs> I'm just gonna call you both out. Okay, I'll move it back away from myself. Yeah, it's in the specific um, description of both the colour of the man and the colour of the horse and what he mm. is carrying is very like... I don't know whether that's just like because that's the way that my mind always goes, mm. but it is. it does seem um, Horseman of the Apocalypse-y. Yeah. I can't think of anything else that it could, could be. be. Like yeah. some brand... The thing that's tripping me up is that he's naked. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> it is weird that he's naked. That's I would where say I'm like, because if he was like wearing, you know, he was draped in dark mm. cloths or something, that would be like. Oh, but they're not yeah. in the. Yeah. They're oh, not. Really? No, that like Are it they doesn't. Naked in the... It doesn't say that they're naked, but it also doesn't describe what they're wearing other than. I see. So the Hugo's specific like, things mm, that they're carrying. Yes, they are. They're naked. naked. Yeah. If it's not specifically <laughs> mentioned that they're wearing clothes, yeah. they are nude. He's Those just are the so horny all the time. All the time. Just like. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where like this is it just it reads like Victor Hugo is just put his own dream diary into this thing, right? Mm. He's just like, Oh yeah, my brother and like there was a, a man on a horse and he was naked, blah blah blah. And Everyone, he had a whip. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, Wait, sorry, no, I was following until he was he was naked and he's like, Yeah, you know, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, like stark naked and they're like Victor? Um what? what? I guess. What? Every single person in this book so far, where their clothes haven't been specifically <laughs> described, is naked. has been naked. Yeah, yeah. Those are the rules. That is the rule. Everyone but Fontaine has been naked this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I figure. I figure it is a. I figure it is a. A four horseman aligned mm. vibe. Mm. That's the. But then it's a weird, like, there surely there are other ways to evoke death without the four horsemen, because now you're just like, oh, great, great, so when are the three other ones coming in? And also, like, it's not... So, what, the the four horsemen biblically revelations? I think? <laughs> General um, shrug of confession. <laughs> I, think, I think it's in revelations. Um, a man on a red horse with a sword... A man on a white horse with a crown, a man on a black horse with scales, um, and a man on a pale horse who is deaf, mm. who's not carrying anything as far as... Mm. So why is this horse brown? So it's a brown horse mm. and a man the colour of, color of ashes. Well, it's not. It's a, a horse the colour of earth mm. and a man the colour of ashes with a, with a whip. <laughs> I thought it was a wand. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wand, but it, yeah, yeah, it's a wand. So it's it's a a branch. Oh, okay. It's a wooden. Oh. It could be a wooden, like a wooden switch. Oh, I see. <laughs> Not the video game console. <laughs> yes, it's a wooden Nintendo Switch. He slides one of the controllers out and like makes a tennis motion, and then yes, excellent. Yeah. No, it's it, it, yeah. No, it's weird. It is. Yeah, but like the association with earth and ashes is death i would say like from ashes to ashes yeah dust, dust to, to dust, dust, dust ashes, yeah return to the earth i would say is is so very is death is oc grim reaper then instead of like maybe but like i'll buy it <laughs> the um 
the the idea of the wand like i do associate with the idea of a whip but it makes me think of like no like like it may like in a toulon sort of way like Mm. in a like suffering the idea of um something as supple as a vine twig but as heavy as iron Mm. is quite Mm. specific like Mm. and it's quite an oppressive image i would say but he passes by and says nothing like who is this man on horse? Mm. I mean, it could be Javert, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Apart from fanfic reading, of it. And, yeah. Uh, but like the idea of him, if he doesn't go to Arras, if he doesn't go to the court case, mm. this this like ashen figure could pass him by, kind of thing. And that like, if he stays silent and nothing is said, then like this is a chance for him to not have this whip on him yeah but i'm assuming if he makes a commotion or if he gets scared by this man i don't think it says in the dream they're walking past on an open an open road Mm. and his brother represents the guy who's been put in jail for him i'll take that yeah i'll take this reading yeah yeah yeah. i will accept this reading looks enough like yeah and like his spiritual brother kind of thing yeah Mm. Who's never been mentioned before, but is here, I guess. Yeah. Like, who he was wakes also... up. I never had a brother. <laughs> yeah. Who was also a tree pruner, right? Yeah. In, in the same place. Yeah. So it took a long time. <laughs> we got there. through the it's, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's our first. It's yeah. Yeah, we're in it. Okay, okay. Um, it was too early in the episode for us. We uh, haven't done yeah. anything else. This yeah, is the yeah, first thing yeah. we've done. It's yeah. like putting the hardest question at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking get in there. We're warmed up. We're ready to go. Only good literary. Yeah. <laughs> good literary reading from now. Um, uh, the Yeah, they continue on the road. Um, everything is the colour... Why are you laughing? It just makes I walk me... this lonely, lonely road. <laughs> the only road here. That's literally... Like, you laughed and I was like, that's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah. Can I say it? <laughs> Everything is the colour of the earth, even the sky. So continues assumedly with this idea of death and or punishment. Um, the brother is no longer there, which could support um, the idea of if he, if he, says, noth- if he yeah. says nothing, his brother is no longer there. Could mm-hmm. be, interestingly. Um, they come to a village... And the the street is deserted. There's no one there, except when he like turns around a corner, there is a man there, um, and he asks him like, "What what is the place that we are? Like where like um, where are we?" Um, and the man doesn't answer. He goes into the house that the man is standing in front of, and there's another man standing with his back to the wall, and asks, you know, who who's this house? Where are we? And he doesn't answer. He goes into the garden. He asks, where, where whose garden is this? Where are we? And another man doesn't answer. And um, he continues through the village, and behind um, behind every tree, I think. Oh yeah, all of the streets are desert- deserted. All of the doors are open. Um, no living person passed along the streets, but at every street corner, behind every doorway and every tree, a man stood and was silent. I never saw more than one at a time. They watched me as I passed. He leaves the town, and a um, a large crowd starts walking towards him, and he recognises the faces of all of the men that he saw in the town. Um, and even though they're walking, they appear to be walking slowly, they overtake him. And he is amongst the the crowd, um, and all of their faces are the colour of earth. Mm. He the first man that he saw asks him, um, "Where are you going? Don't you know that you've been dead for a long time?" Wow, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> I opened my mouth to, to reply and found that there was no one there. It was all. A dream. A dream. <laughs> circles. And that's where he woke, yeah, circles, and, um, and he, well, that's where he wakes up. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's... We, I think we found the reading of it. Yeah. It all makes a lot more <laughs> sense <Yeah>. now. <laughs> it ties into the, if he remains silent, he will be um, a condemned man living in heaven. Mm. But if he speaks, he will be an angel living in hell. Mm. Um, that, I would say, like him remaining silent being amongst the people but not being 
of the people and having been dead since he condemned his brother, Mm -hmm. I would say. He wakes up and it's dark and cold and he looks out the window and there are no stars in the sky. Um, I think also that is mentioned... It was full of stars. It was full of stars, Mm -hmm. yeah. um, But that was... Jesus's sky was full of stars. Mm -hmm. Not specifically his but he does he looks out into the streets of um montreuil and there are no stars <laughs> no direct line to heaven yeah <laughs> um he... god's not taking your calls at the moment please hold <laughs> i mean he looks up at he looks up at the moon and uh, he looks up <laughs> at the sky and only the moon looks down um he looks out into the street and there are two lights in the street two red lights in the street um Oh, I can't believe he lives in the red light district. But um, but um, um, he and there's a an interesting thought where he um, he thinks um, no stars in the sky; they are on Earth instead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it sounds it, like one of those things where you like write it down. And you're like, oh, that sounds so good. It's deep. Yeah, and then you like read it back later, and you're like. No, what, what am I what talking, talking about? about? <laughs> Profund. <laughs> That's deep. Um, turns out the stars are actually the lamps of a carriage which is approaching. Mm. Um, and it's a Tilbury with a small white horse between the shafts. Mm. Um, <laughs> and the sound that he that he heard um, that made him look out into the street is obviously the sound of the horse's hooves on the cobbles. And in another fucking Victor Hugo-esque moment, Jean Valjean sees a Tilbury with a small white horse drawing it and goes, what is it doing here? (laughs) Who could have called it at this hour? Um, It was... (laughs) Myself? (laughs) (laughs) It was Jean Valjean. Wait, that's me. (laughs) Um, Someone looks at the door. It's his maidservant and he, like, fucking loses it at his maidservant. Like, why are you disturbing me? And he's like, oh... The Tilbury is here for you. <laughs> He's like, like who did that? <laughs> like, you called for a Tilbury. <laughs> like, okay. Um, yeah. Um, did Monsieur Le Maire not order a Tilb- Tilbury? No, he answered. The driver says he brought it here for you. What driver? Mister Chauffeur's driver. Chauffeur. And suddenly a light dawned. Of course, <laughs> Monsieur Chauffeur. And it's like, why is this happening? <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> John Valjean has ADHD. Oh. <laughs> you say that, I'm going to read to you the next thing that happens because it's a deck direct call out of you. <laughs> he was staring stupidly at the candle. Oh, wow, all right, thanks. <laughs> scraping up a little of the melted wax. <laughs> he rolled it into a ball between his fingers. The old woman waited and at length <laughs> ventured to raise her voice. Monsieur Le Maire, what am I to say to him? Tell him to wait. I'm coming down. <laughs> Nemo. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. This, re- this reading writes itself. <laughs> That's why I find him so relatable. There we go. I too cook Tilburys with white horses and completely forget. Sometimes it just fucking happens. <laughs> He needs to get a calendar and really write down these dates. He's got to start making lists. Yeah, like he, yeah, and it can't just be like it has to be itemized and like yeah. very precise. Otherwise, you just forget. Come yeah. on, John Barsha. He's like, what is he playing? Yeah, it's almost like, like he hasn't gone to an, a disability education <laughs> services. Coward. Yeah. Like, um, but yes, yeah, so this is the thing that I mentioned in the last episode, where it is, um, like he doesn't make a decision in the end mm. it's just that the carriage arrives and he goes down to it mm. like which is a like an interesting thing so throughout the journey that is to come he still hasn't made the decision he's just doing it making the journey mm. just doing the next right thing yeah, Stevie didn't turn <laughs> the phone off um... does anyone miss here and I'm not telling yeah. myself off <laughs> next chapter is called spokes in the wheel (laughs) it could be a metaphor but it's not (laughs) 
We start with an interesting aside about the postal service that goes between... I like the idea that it can't both be literal and a metaphor at the same time. It can't. Sometimes, (laughs) Nemo, it's just about horses. (laughs) It can't be. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot. (laughs) If it's about horses, it's just about horses. The postal service. It goes between Arras and Montreuil-sur-Mer. Um... And it describes the carts that are quite termite-like in their <laughs> appearance. Um, actually, I'm gonna. The phrase is excellent. Um, <laughs> they hadn't. Uh, this goes on for multiple paragraphs. I am gonna just choose the the, the choicest phrase rather than describing exactly how these um, carriages are. Um, they had an oddly humpbacked appearance and had had and. Seen from far off, as they came into sight on the crest of a hill, they resembled the insects known, I think, as termites. <laughs> okay. Uh, the choice to include, I yeah. think, there. I feel like Victor Hugo has one of his, like one of those books. So, like, and when natural historians are describing things, or so, like they have to describe it and then draw have a picture and obviously at this period they would have drawn it so he's like got his insect book in front of him he's going through them he's like i think termites (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing like the the, like it gives that impression like he had he's writing a book like he had the time to go and look at a picture of a termite like i love his tone of false modesty yeah 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 like and the correct per- me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but like the personality of the of the author exists now. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that we we have like Victor Hugo is narrating this novel. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. He is. There yeah. are those moments where he's like, "Forgive me, I must mention that it was my great grandfather." Yeah, <laughs> and and also the like. It it must be mentioned this, otherwise this story would be incomplete. Like, I like is... to think that's where an editor was like, does this need to be here? And he added the, well, it just really wouldn't make any sense if I <laughs> did withhold this information from the reader. And the editor was like, fucking fine. Okay. Yeah, the editor yeah. made it through the first like six chapters and was like, I can't take all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the time. <laughs> So the postcard um, is travelling between Arras and Montremer. Well, Montremer. Hypothetically, that happens, and we go from the hypothetical situation to an actual postcard that is travelling between Arras and Montremer. Um, and they are described as having um, like long hubs on their wheels that keep um, other vehicles at at a distance. And the only thing I can think of is. Um, you know, Bodicea, who has, like, the swords off the... Yeah, um... yeah Stevie is like, yes, exactly. And Nemo is like, what? Like in a chariot race where mm. they'd have, like, big fuck-off oh, legs on the yeah. wheels to just, like, take people out on yeah, your sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were talking about a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bodicea, the, like, yeah, I don't know. historical but... figure. <laughs> yeah, the Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, it could be true, like, Sword be. and Shield... It could be. A Pokemon that's just a wheel with swords coming off of it. Like, a fucking... Called Bodicea. Like. Yeah, I've accepted it. Yeah, that, that could... Wow, they sure missed that opportunity. To... There's still time. There's still... Uh, to be fair, actually, I haven't probably... I haven't completed my Pokedex. Maybe they're real. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they're real. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, Stevie. It comes around the corner. And um, a another cart is on the road whose could it be (laughs) whose could it be um and clashes with the postcard and damages um damages one of the wheels the um um pat in the 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 postcard um calls for the driver to stop and the driver doesn't and the postman is like oh he must be in such a hurry where was he going this man who's hurry, in a hurry whose tribulations must so surely have moved us to compassion. He could not have said. Why was he <laughs> driving so fast? He did not know. <laughs> it's Jean Valjean. Like, yeah, to, to skip all of that. It's it's like he's driving in a blind rage, but he's sort of just... he's He is road raging. Like a bat out of hell. Like He'll be gone when the morning comes. That is exactly what's happening. Witness me! And you should say it. 
mediocre. <laughs> so again, we it is established that again, um, he had resolved nothing, decided nothing, settled nothing. Out of all his agonies of conscience, no finality had emerged. More than ever, he was back where he started, which I think settles my decision that that entire chapter where he goes backwards and forwards is <laughs> unimportant. <laughs> Honestly, I think that backs. I think that backs. That's yeah. my reading of this book up. Um, what's that meme? Uh, sorry to George Eliot, but I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> what's up? My name's Jared. I'm 19 and I never fucking learned how to read. <laughs> um, basically, he's riding on the way to um, to Arras and going over all of these um, arguments still in his head and has got no further. Um, there's a nice bit where he um, he's sort of like... He decides he needs to be closer to the um, to the the case that is happening because distance makes um, you know molehills into mountains and you know if he looks with more scrutiny he will understand that this uh, Jean Mathieu um, when he sets eyes on this Jean Mathieu and saw him to be the worthless creature he doubtless <gasps> was he might well find it within his conscience to let him go to prison in his place oh and God. it's just like it's more I of love that. his bastard man chapters like <laughs> yeah. paragraphs yeah yeah exactly it's excellent um, um, we're reminded that Javert as well as um, three convicts from his past will be at the hearing but um they would never recognise him in the Madeleine he now was. Such a thing was inconceivable. <laughs> um, even Javert had been completely misled. Um, suspicion and conjecture that was nothing than which nothing is more pig-headed were entirely concentrated on Chaumatieu, which ties into you know the more the idea of like if this person is a convict, there is mm. no way that they're not guilty. Um, he again doesn't want to go to um Arras but keeps going. We get a nice detail that um the steady trot that the horse is in um would cover seven or eight miles an hour. Giving us an idea of how long it should take, basically. And also all of the fantasy writers in the room are like, That's how fast a horse can travel <laughs> Um Yeah, he travels through the countryside um, he t- makes his first stop to rest and feed his horse. The horse, <laughs> as Chauffler had said, was of the small Boulonnais stock, overlarge in the head and belly and short in the neck, but with a broad chest and wide rump, stringy legs and sure feet, an unbeautiful breed, but healthy and robust. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you know that I am famous for... <laughs> not doing any research on things that I don't understand in this book. I spent a little while (laughs) looking into the breed history of the Boulonnais. I hate you, Grace. I hate you so much. And curiously, at the time that this book was written, Mm. the the breed was actually increasing in size and they were considering um, crossing them with Arabs to create a, a a more useful cavalry mm. breed than the um, draft, the heavy mm. draft breed that it was at the at the time mm-hmm. that this um, book was written. Um, I mean, and and interestingly, <laughs> in the images that I that I saw of the Boulonnais horse, mm. they are short of neck mm. and large of belly and head, mm. um, which is and and characteristically white mm. as well. Mm. So, is this what you asked for the date of the publication for? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is exactly why. <laughs> Just in case there was ever any doubt of the person that I am, <laughs> I spent I spent a good deal of time looking into the prehistory. <laughs> how uh, popular? How populous was this, was this breed? Well, um, oh god. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> there was actually a big push for um, them, along with three other breeds, to just be known as a variety of Percheron, which is a more... Um, so that they could be sold for more money, even if they are just a French mixed-breed draft horse. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the Percheron was actually more valuable, um, it was redefined by the breed societies in America to actually just be um, the Boulonnais. Um, 
so, so mad that you had an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so mad. I have one area of interest. <laughs> I have only one thing that I care about. It is not Les Mis. <laughs> so we, that, that, the, the character of this horse is very important in this chapter. Um, so we know, we know more about the, um, the rangy draft breed, the, although uncharacteristically small, I would say. Um, I would say that because the breed size was increasing around this time, um, probably had one of the smaller ones because when you're increasing breed variants, um, you have more natural variation. Um, would you say that he was worth the 500 francs? Well, apparently, um, they, they were, they like people, like breed, local breeders were very well renowned um, at that time. So it was probably, I, I would say it was a, well, it, no, it wasn't worth that much money. It was worth only a hundred. Um, mm. That was said in the book. Mm. Does he have a name? No, it's just the white horse. Do you want to give the horse a name? Frank. A <laughs> hundred francs or just one? <laughs> Five. <laughs> okay, good. And is he a good boy? He, he's a good boy. <laughs> he's a really good boy and I love him. And he Thank deserves you, rest. That concludes my <laughs> <laughs> questions. The jury can take their seats now. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm, horse time over. <laughs> um, so they, yeah, they take their break at the inn. Um, um, Jean Valjean does not go into the inn to, to, to eat, but instead watches the horse eat his oats. And a stable boy... <gasps> No, I. The, this it has relevance. I wasn't just going to go back into my bit. <laughs> he did promise that he would watch the horse eat. He his did oats. promise. Um, half of me was like, I know that he did promise, but also half of me really wanted to make a voyeurism joke, and I was just like, no, I, yeah. So you've just wanted to watch the horse eat his oats, <laughs> and that was only wholesome. Um, and a stable lad. Um, Bends to examine the left wheel, the wheel, and um, it turns out that it, even though they have gone five leagues, it will only last another half league because of the damage that was done to it, and Jean Valjean hadn't realised. There is something that hap that happens for the next about two pages, <laughs> in which um, a wheel route right is summoned, and. There is a long discussion backwards and forwards as to whether another wheel can be made. <laughs> it turns out that it will be a day's work to fix the wheel. Another wheel can't be bought because wheels are only sold in pairs. <laughs> he can't buy two because wheels don't just fit any axle. <laughs> he can't hire a gig because even if there was one, he wouldn't, um, the wheelwright wouldn't hire... Um, rent it to him because he doesn't take care of the carriages um, he wouldn't sell him one because there isn't one and it's a small it's a small um, village there is a large carriage but he can't have that because it would need two horses you can't hire two horses oh because the it's very busy with post horses because of the it's winter time and this, this, on, this continues. Um, Jean Valjean wants to buy a saddle so that he can just ride. Um, he can't buy a saddle because this horse must never be ridden. <laughs> he, was, he is only to be, he is only to draw, not to be ridden. Um, surely there's a horse in the village I can hire. Um, it would take a better horse than you'll find in this part. This, this goes on. He can't get a horse. Um, the only time he'll he will need to get he'll need to wait for the wheel to be fixed, but the wheel can't be fixed before tomorrow, even if he hires ten men. There aren't ten men to do it. It can't happen before tomorrow. Jean Valjean, you're stuck here. Accept it. It doesn't take three pages to have this discussion. But it does. Is there another wheel right? No. Madeline felt an a sense of overwhelming relief. And it's like it's quite nice. You get this like long fucking passage where he is like going through every single fucking thing that he could do to possibly keep going, mm. and it's like no, you can't do it. Mm. 
and he feels like this wave of relief. That is such a mood. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, oh no, the plans, they're cancelled. Damn. Yeah. Oh no! Oh. You, now you can't make it. Oh, and the weather's really bad. Oh, that's and your car's broken. And oh. I was so looking forward. I was nearly out of the door. Oh. I've gotten changed. Nerves. Oh, jeez. Well, I guess we'll just not do that then. <laughs> Clearly, this is the work of providence. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Jean Valjean then thinks, you know, like. I have tried every single thing that I mm. could do to make sure that this keeps happening, that we can do this. God just doesn't want me to go. Exactly. Like, like it, it is It is a work of God. This is a sign that I've had from Providence that um, this is not meant to happen. Like, something is put. Um, and he feels that he can breathe freely for the first time since um, um, Javert's visit. Because this is happening on the street in a country village a crowd of people has arrived <laughs> has arrived to listen to this fucking ridiculous backwards and forwards <laughs> about whether a saddle can be got or a wheel can be got um a youngster who had run out of the crowd returns with an old woman monsieur she said my boy tells me you want to hire a gig <laughs> and um Jean Valjean like feels the the hand return to his throat and and struggles to breathe again. Um, that is true, he answered quickly. I do wish to hire a gig, um, but there isn't one to be to be had. He says quickly. Um, this woman has got basically in her backyard a broken down, um, oh, shitty, old, heavy carriage um, in her in her backyard. Um, the wheelwright insists that it's just absolutely cannot be cannot be used. Um, you definitely can't take this business from me. Um, you know it's 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 dangerous for you to use, but it has both of its wheels, so it might actually get him to arrest. Harnesses the white horse to the gig, and off he goes. Um, he feels very bad about this whole situation. <laughs> yeah, prepare for some peak bastard Jean Valjean. <laughs> peak bastard Jean Valjean. Um, the servant who returned with the with the woman, um, he hears a voice saying, "Stop! Stop! Stop!" And yes, the the um, servant is calling for him as he leaves the um, leaves the village. Um, Monsieur, I'm the one who found the gig for you. Well, you haven't given me anything. Open-handed though he usually was, he found this demand excessive and almost <laughs> nauseating. So that's what you want, he said. You'll get nothing from me. He whipped his horse and drove on. That's such a mood, though. <laughs> I feel that. I'm happy to do anything for anyone, and the second they're like, um, so what about this? You're like, fuck you, person. <laughs> you can meet me in the fucking pit. Like, fuck off. But it's very not, it's yeah, not no, in the character yeah. of Jean Valjean. Like, yeah. he is someone who, like, it goes out his with... pockets of pennies. Yeah, exactly. Goes out with money in his pockets, expecting, like with the anticipation that he will not return with that money. Mm. Um, so he's in bastard mood um, <laughs> as he is travelling. He hopes that he'll make up the t- all the time that he spent like having this mm-hmm. fucking backwards and forwards decision um, on the roads, but because it's February, it's February, <laughs> um, the roads are really shit because there's been lots of rain, and he gets to um, the next stopping point in four hours even though the distance was only about about um 15 miles so he has gone about half of the speed that he should that he hoped to be going he sits and watches his horse his horse eat like a good boy <laughs> and the um the innkeeper's wife comes out and asks whether whether he'd like to eat but and he um he says that he will eat realizes that he hadn't had breakfast and hasn't eaten this whole this whole morning which is probably why my thoughts are so confused <laughs> basically um he grabs a piece of bread and um and tries to eat some takes one mouthful and then puts the bread back down um turn and turns to someone at a nearby um a nearby table and asks why is the bread here so bitter and the man was german and did not understand <laughs> <laughs> um, but i suppose it's the almost uh you know the food turns to ash in his mm. mouth like while he's resting under this situation mm. where he needs to where he is like must be going you're making the bread bitter 
Jean Valjean. Yeah, it's good bread. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> good fucking bread. Um, we get he's watching the countryside change as he um, as he travels, and there's this sort of interesting passage which talks about you know the idea of journeying is seeing a thousand things for the first time um, and being reborn and dying every minute because you pass them and you have, and you will never see them again. And it is drawn out into a metaphor for death, that the end of the end of a journey is a death. And um, we have a sense of shock and gathering darkness. Ahead, there is a black doorway and the life that bore us is a flagging horse and a veiled stranger is sat in, is waiting in the shadows to unharness it. Just fucking dark, but OK. He gets to the next village. A road mender looks up and says... That is a very tired horse. Um, the poor beast, indeed, could only manage a walk. Are you going to Arras? Yes. At the rate you're going, you'll be there a long time. How far is it? A good seven leagues. And there's... Uh, there's roadworks! So it's more... It's further than it should be. Because everything that could go wrong mm-hmm. is going wrong with this journey. And because it's, like, it's taken so much longer and the gig that he has is much heavier than the tilbury, the horse is exhausted. Um, you shall have to get another horse and you'll have to go on a diversion, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and it's all small country roads. So you're definitely going to get lost and it's dark because it's February. Um, country roads. <laughs> <laughs> so he rents another horse. And gets a stable boy to um, ride postillion, yeah, to so that the um, the lad knows the directions basically because he's because he's not local. Um, by the by by that time, more time had been lost, and it had now grown quite dark, and the going in the lanes was very bad. The gig lurched from one rat to the next, and then at a particularly heavy lurch, the cross tree broke. Oh, God. The stable boy fixes the thing in the carriage with like a a piece of rope basically like <laughs> ties it up and is like let's just fucking go another tw- another 20 minutes had been wasted but they went on at a good pace he is as he continues to travel he gets this sort of this cold wind piercing through him and and now he recalled another nighttime journey across a great plain at the outskirts of dean eight years ago but it might have been yesterday a ditch distant church clock sounded and he asked what time is it seven monsieur we should be at Arras at eight, only three leagues more. And he realises only for the first time now that he doesn't actually know what time the hearing <laughs> is happening. So it could have he could have already missed it. All mm. he knows is that it's in the evening. And he just feels this like empty sort of purposelessness and just is like, I might as well just keep doing this fucking journey. <laughs> um, the boy whipped the horses. They had crossed the river and left the last village behind. The night was darker still. And that's the cliffhanger. (laughs) We don't know whether he has got there yet. (laughs) Whether he'll get there in time. Who can say? (laughs) Goddamn. That's all I got, few lads. I'm imagining they'd really shittily. Uh, you know, and there'd be like the four different like, <laughs> ones: the horses' hooves, the other split screen is the like <laughs> shitty digital clock going. Can they're like down, <laughs> and then just the other third one is a shot of his face, and for some reason the last one is just dark. There's like loads of transitions as well. Like, yes, it transitions like, slow fade, and then yeah. the clock is like overlaid them as well. Yeah. Like, it zooms in on the like the strain of the broken carriage <laughs> part and it's like ooh is it gonna go again damn and then like near the end you get like a couple of glimpses of the courthouse in Arras and it's like ooh, ooh. the windows are dark but does that mean it's over <gasps> and there are people walking in the streets and then there's no stars in the sky and, oh. damn <laughs> I can't remember oh no that that's mentioned in the next chapter Ooh. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. join us for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I find it interesting. I like that he hasn't made the decision, but is making the journey, mm. like, and is just like pushing through all of the things that are like all of the things yeah. that are trying to he's stop so him. Crabby about it, and he's yeah, he's. Which again is like really nice to see. Like mm, yeah. he's not doing this because he's so good. He's doing it and he's being a bastard about it. <laughs> yeah. He is still doing it and he's making the effort and yeah. like being like, 
well, God doesn't want me to do it, but I'll do it anyway because, like, I know that I'll regret it if I don't at least look. Yeah. Look at this bastard. He probably deserves it anyway. And, like, after he has the, like, ooh, Providence doesn't want me to get there, and the woman is like, I have a carriage. He feels so bad about (laughs) it. He's like, he is, he, like, he gets gripped by anger at himself in the, like, man, I sure was very quick to be very relieved. Like, but he wasn't even, he wasn't even quick. He, like, he went through the whole thing. Yeah. It is it it is a very humanizing um, mm. passage of the mm. book, I would mm. say, because it is very like that resentful, like oh, sure, I have to do this because it's the right thing, <laughs> even though it's shit, and I'm furious about <laughs> it, and I'm going to be really shit to all the people around me because yeah. of it. Like, is a mood. <laughs> it's a big mood. It's something, yeah, I miss in every adaptation where it's just like. Mm. No, he's not just a good fucking guy. He's not just, yeah. like, the Jesus of white Christianity who's like, ooh, <laughs> I'm just a nice man. Yeah, yeah. he's like, now I'm gonna... Uh, 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 uh. Fuck! <laughs> yeah. But here I am, I guess. Yeah. What do you mean you did a good thing for me? No money for you! <laughs> he's a bastard man. He's a bastard man. He's a bastard man. And we love him for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has been Brad Barcade's Lamest Podcast, <laughs> produced by Meany Martin and Julian Yap. If you have any comments, questions, or quibbles about the bastard man, <laughs> you can send them to us at our email, lamestpodcast at gmail.com, L-E-S-M-I-S podcast, or on Twitter at lamestpodcast, or on Tumblr at Bread and Barricades. If you like this podcast, you can donate to us in two forms. You have choices. Wow. You have Patreon and Kofi. Any amount you give to us. Again, reminder, Grace will read erotica. <laughs> Surprisingly, no one's taken us up on that yet, but we'll get there eventually. Or, I will research more historical French horse breeds. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> Please, no. Let this segment die. I will, I will never look up one word and what it means in this book. We will do it live on air every time. But the mention of a horse or carriage. <laughs> our audio producer is Jade, who you can find on her website, jdwasabi.com, or on Bandcamp, jdwasabi.bandcamp.com. Leave us a review, please. <laughs> the five-star review that that little horse deserved. Yeah, come talk about Frank on iTunes. Love Frank. I just want to kiss his soft, warm nose. <laughs> Five stars for Frank. Five stars for Frank. And He's if so you tired. Love Frank too. Yeah. Frank wants you to give us a five star <laughs> review. For every Frank that he's worth is one star. No way. No. A hundred stars. Every, yeah. <laughs> for every for every one hundred francs that Jean Valjean gave a star. For every one hundred francs you give us. Wait. <laughs> What? Thanks. Yeah, thanks for listening. I feel like it's that, um, if you go to an all-girls school versus if you go to an all-boys school. Like, if we went to an all-boys school, I feel like it would be like, sir, would be the, like... That's true, yeah.